I've got a ton of Kobe's whistles right now. And at the cheapest prices and the highest quality we've ever seen. If you can get a dose of the Devil's Dandruff for about 10 francs these days, that's not much more than the price of a beer. That gives fresh powder in the Swiss Alps a whole new meaning, huh? <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. I'm here to try to talk to Roger Goodell, the famous clown commissioner, to find out if he had any reaction to the response RG3 has made to a Richard Mendenhall tweet. Looks like RG3 is trying to go from Heisman to Wiseman. <laughs> oh man, good luck with that, RG3. Hello and welcome to the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, coming to you today by Liam Lishmise-Reese and Strong Stem Steve Cabot. Tonight's top stories. First, for Stupid Is As Stupid Does, we'll be traveling to the Portland International Airport to get the skinny on some llama drama. Next, we'll be going to Ocala, Florida. We'll discuss a road rage incident that ended up getting medieval. Finally, we'll go to Incredibly Incredible, where at the East Cleveland Police Department, we're going to find another police officer skating on some thin ice. And then we'll travel to Fern, Switzerland, where the public officials there are starting a pilot program to legalize some booger sugar. Let's get this thing started. We'll head to Portland International Airport with Liam Lishmise-Reese. Liam, how are we doing? I'm here on location in Portland, Oregon. Back at the start of the pandemic, there was chaos at airports. When airlines were allowing just about anyone to bring a support animal with them, people abused it, and new rules had to be put in place banning all non-service animals. Now that things have settled down, the Portland International Airport decided to go a different direction. You guessed it, they're bringing in a couple of 400-pound therapy llamas. Dubbing it the Llama Parade, flyers can now relax with a cute furry animal twice their size in Concourse C before boarding their flight. I had my doubts, so I decided to give it a try. And I must admit, after a 400-pound llama spit in my face and almost trampled me to death, I wasn't even thinking about how safe my next flight would be. That being said, I'm kind of just regaining my sight, so I'm going to have to kick it back to headquarters in Lansdale. Matt? Oh, thanks, Liam. Excellent stuff. I'll tell you, that sounds amazingly stressful. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they had alpaca animals. It might be a little less drama. Who knew? All right. Either way, very good stuff, Liam. Thank you for that. We're going to keep it moving, though. We're going to head to Ocala, Florida, where our head analyst, Steve Cabot, is there waiting with the story. Steve. I'm down here in the capital of chaos, Florida, Marion County, trying to keep my eyes and ears open. You never know what kind of Florida is going to happen around here. Now, here we go. First off the bat, a feller by the name Gervaccio Arcuna Jr., decided to pull up to a red light, didn't like the fellow next to him. What's he do? They rev their motors. They take off in pursuit of each other, but riding door to door like it's the bust them down derby. As they stay door to door, Javaccio decides he wants to pick something up from his driver's side container and throw it at the other vehicle, striking it in the door. Now, both parties very upset with each other, mutually agree to pull to the side of the road and do the business. First feller gets out, ready to settle the score with the man who threw a brick at his car, we think. I'm examining. What does old Gervaccio pull out but a sword? He's brandishing a sword, asks him if he wants to do this. Man says no, gives him a stab or two. That defendant moved out of the way, ran back to the car, and called nine. The police were dispatched to his house where they knocked on the door, made contact with good old Gervaccio. 
And he admitted that he did pull the sword, but in self-defense, because he saw the perpetrator brandish a handgun. Now, the issue was his good old wife said she absolutely did not see any gun and they believed her. So he was now arrested, put into custody, is in $1,900 bail in Marin County Prison. And we're not sure exactly how it's going to go. So at the end, Matt, I did make contact with police. I asked them if the weapon was found. They said yes. And I may or may not have dipped into their car and found the weapon that was brandished on site. A nice, beautiful sword, which I respect. Back to you, Matt. All right. Thanks for that, Steve. I wonder if he got out of the car and said, on guard, <laughs> before stabbing the guy. Man, priceless stuff, you know. Man, who knew you could find a scalper in Alcala, Florida? Man, crazy stuff. Well, that's it for Stupid As It Stupid Does. We're going to keep this moving to Incredibly Incredible. We're going to head to the East Cleveland Police Department, where we have our main man on the scene, the one and only Liam Lashmizeris. Liam. Thank you, Matt. I'm here at the East Cleveland Police Department, where Chief Brian Gerhardt is under increasing pressure to resign after texts and meme service containing racist, anti-Semitic, and homophobic content. The messages dated all the way back to 2019. The material included memes featuring Adolf Hitler and MLK, with captions that were so bad, I can't even repeat them on this program. Chief Gerhardt did admit to sending these messages, but played them all off as like satire or tongue-in-cheek, whatever that means. I don't know about you guys, but I can't remember ever nudging the guy next to me at work and saying like, yo, dude, check out this sweet Hitler meme. When asked for comment, the Cleveland police assured us that the issue was under investigation, which I don't know what that means either. It's under investigation. They know who did it. They have all the evidence. They they know exactly what happened. I don't know what you're investigating, but I'm going to have to kick it back to Matt before uh, someone tells me to move it along and uh, knocks my teeth out and shoots my dog. Thanks. Well, great stuff, Liam. Thank you for bringing that to the public's attention. I'll tell you. That police officer sounds like a real Cleveland steamer. <laughs> uh, man. Oh, gosh. Jeez. Okay. Well, let's keep it moving then. We're going to head to Bern, Switzerland. We're going to talk to Steve about a new pilot program that's getting people really excited. Steve. I'm out here high above the beautiful capital city of Bern, Switzerland. Now, here out in this city, I've talked and spoken with a few of the leaders of the political parties where here they are thinking about a pilot program to legalize cocaine in the city. Now, other countries in Europe, such as Portugal, Spain, and Italy have helped decriminalize it, but no one has taken the measures this far. This is breaking news. Now, the price, I have to do say this. I talked to a very high up official, shall I say, and he dropped the best promo I've ever seen for this city. By the way, his name is Frank Zobel. Shout out to Frank Zobel, the director deputy at Addiction Switzerland, who goes on to, I quote you, we've got a ton of coke in Switzerland right now and at the cheapest prices and the highest quality we've ever seen. If you can get a dose of the devil's dandruff for about 10 francs these days, that's not much more than the price of a beer. Come on. Now, after this feller cut this promo, I went and spoke with him. He may or may not have, uh, you know, worked a little of that cheap for me, but I've never, ever, never, never been out here before, Matt. Get out here, baby. Well, uh, great, Steve. Uh, yep, you got a little something on your nose there. Oh, man, let me tell you. I was thinking, that gives fresh powder in the Swiss Alps a whole new meaning, huh? <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. All right, well, very good, Steve. Thank you for that. And uh, 
Hopefully you can find help. But let's keep it moving. We're going to head on now to sports and speds. We're going to head back to you, Steve, uh, where you're at NFL headquarters, and you will tell us why RG3 needs to calm the hell down. Go ahead, Steve. Matt, I'm here at 345 Park Willow under the beautiful megalith they call the NFL headquarters in New York City. I'm here to try to talk to Roger Goodell, the famous clown commissioner, to find out if he had any reaction to the response RG3 has made to a Richard Mendenhall tweet. Now, that was famous one for trying to incorporate a all-white, all-black football team, theoretically. Everyone had a good time with it. This then has been RG3 comes a little hot and tells him that he's an idiot and to quote-unquote stop saying expletive that I can't repeat here and also forced to call him a dumbass in tweets that have now been deleted. But the internet, my friend, never forgets. So I tried to reach out to a good old commissioner here and uh, he wants absolutely nothing to do with me. And uh, I don't know where we're going to go from here, but hopefully I can get a reaction from him. I'll keep you updated, Matt. Back to you in the studio. Thank you for that, Steve. Man. Looks like RG3 is trying to go from Heisman to Wiseman. (laughs) Oh, man. Good luck with that, RG3. All right. Good stuff. Very cool. Let's keep it moving. Then we're going to head to Wayne State University. We're going to join head analyst, the one and only Liam Reese. Liam, what do you have? Howdy, folks. 44-year-old David Lopez was a student in a physical education program aiming to become a gym teacher. Here at Wayne State University, like most schools in our country, they offer many of their classes online, so much so that Lopez finished every requirement for the online program or every, every requirement for the program until he got to the portion of the program where you had to do your student teach. And here's where things get tricky. Because he couldn't do the student teaching portion, he could not receive his he could not receive his diploma. So David Lopez believes that he's being discriminated against because he's 400 pounds. So he's doing what most Americans would do in this situation. And that's sue the college for $1 million. The university is calling Lopez's lawsuit frivolous and asks that it be dismissed. Online comments seem to be divided with like, you know, the younger, uh, I don't know, say like, I want to say like softer, you know, white collar guys are like, you know, let the man earn a gainful living from home. He doesn't have to leave his house or anything. And then you have what I call like, you know, regular everyday people saying like, hey, man, you got to like actually leave your house if you want to go make a living. You know what I mean? So, I I mean, I, I don't know if I would necessarily call it discrimination because I wanted to be an astronaut, but I wasn't smart enough. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't their fault. It was because I did stupid stuff that made me dumb, you know? But, uh, you know, we're going to have more on this story as it develops. I'm going to kick it back to headquarters. Uh, Matt, tell me what you think. I'll tell you. Being a stay-at-home or work-from-home gym teacher would make dodgeball pretty difficult. <laughs> but I'd probably still end up being picked last. <laughs> All right, but either way, really good stuff, Liam and Steve. Thank you for that. This has been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast, the number one news source on the internet. In case you're wondering, you can find all our stuff and all our content on all podcast platforms and YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can join us on Twitter and TikTok at Working P-Pop. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, please email us at workperspectives at gmail.com. And please like, subscribe, so we keep bringing you these incredible news stories. Thank you for listening, and have a great weekend. Thank you.